0: Hey, this is Jeff Tate, and you're listening to the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show with my friend Joe.
1: The Rock and Roll and Coffee Show, episode number 59. I am Joe, and tonight my guest is Keith Douglas. Keith is the guitar player for the band Tora Tora. And, uh, you know, Keith and I have been trying to get this set up for a long time now, and I was excited to finally have this happen. Now, Keith was a founding member of the band Tora Tora, and uh, their debut album, Surprise Attack, came out, and I believe it was 1989 and Tora Tora quickly proved themselves to be one of the better bands of the time. Not necessarily one of the biggest bands, but definitely one of the better bands. Now, after Tora, Tora split, Keith took a long hiatus from guitar and the band, until finally reuniting with all original members, and in 2019 recording their latest album, Bastards of Beale. Now, with everything opening up, Tora, Tora is gearing up for some live dates, so, I'm excited to see where those dates will be. Hopefully, I will be able to catch them because this is one band that I liked but never got the chance to see live. Keith and I discuss all of this and more, so I hope you enjoy the show. And don't forget to please go over to Instagram, follow us over there at RR Coffee Show, and you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening. Hey, man. Hey, buddy. What's going on, Keith?
0: Oh, you know, man, just settling in for the evening. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Doing good. Glad we finally got to uh, catch up here.
0: I know. I know. Yeah. We've been uh, talking for a little while now.
1: Yeah. You know, life gets in the way sometimes, but that's what yeah, happens.
0: Yeah, man. We're, you know, man, I'm crazy busy, man. Yeah. Non-stop. So. I'm sure. I'm sure.
1: Where is, are you in Memphis still, right?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Okay. And Anthony's over in Nashville.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the other three of us are still here in Memphis. Yeah, uh-huh.
1: How has uh, the last year been treating you?
0: You know, it's been weird. I gotta, <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, that's oh. a crazy question. Oh. I mean, we've all, we all went through it and yeah. there still are, apparently, I guess.
1: Well, hopefully um, you've been productive.
0: Oh, you know, um <laughs> Or did, mostly, you, did you take a vacation? You know, I did all of that when everything first shut down my wife and i took my daughter and niece out west and just went hiking and you know we didn't even go in anywhere you know we hiked all day and stayed at airbnbs and yeah you know so we did some getaways but you know i had a, a lot of a lot of home time too you know
1: um did you do any writing
0: you know i uh, just writing probably just as far as you know just riffs and stuff i mean nothing you know as far as torah stuff i I started working with um this uh young lady sophie west and she uh i actually i sold her a condo in memphis and she moved down here from um new york and she told me she was a singer and i was like man you know let's and anyway we ended up being neighbors Uh and uh and just started, you know, throwing some stuff together. So we did, we did get some of that done, writing wise, and nice. you know, it's it's very productive. You know, if if nothing else, man, I got in a, like a ton of guitar playing time. Yeah, you know, it kind of forced me to sit down and you know get busy. Sure, you know,
1: sure. So you do real estate.
0: I do. How long yes. have you been doing that? What's that?
1: How long have you been doing that?
0: Uh, probably about gosh, I don't know, four or five years now, probably. All right. That's got,
1: that's got to be booming up there, right?
0: It really is, man. It's, it's kind of wild, you know, and I don't, you know, I do some flips house flips here and there. I've probably done, I don't know, six or seven. I mean, I spent two or three years doing that, Uh you know, um, you know, until the pandemic, which I wasn't working on anything like that, but yeah. You know, and in the meantime, you know, if I know people that need help buying or want me to sell their place, you know, man, I've just managed to stay very busy, yeah, you know? Yeah. So
1: well that's good. That's good. Well, yeah.
0: Grateful. Very grateful for that.
1: Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about your, your story and your journey. Um, yeah. you know, kind of from the beginning up through now. So, uh, Hope you've got about six hours.
0: Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. We'll, have to, we'll have to do a condensed version.
1: <laughs> oh, man. So, all right. So, let's start with, uh, of course, you know, the obvious question of about when did you start playing and what got you into playing?
0: Um, man, what got me into playing was, you know, growing up in the 70s, you know? <laughs> I mm. mean, uh, just... God, the first time I saw somebody play an electric guitar, I mean, it just blew my mind, you know? Yeah, yeah. don't, I don't know if I'm older than you, but, you know, even back then, the Sears catalog had, like, two electric guitars in it, you know, and it was just, like, stuff you dreamed about, you know?
1: I got my first guitar from the Sears catalog. I'm
0: almost 50. Did you really? Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know how old you are, but I'm almost 50, so we're probably close to the same age.
0: Yeah, well, I'm just a little bit ahead of you then. Yeah. But,
1: yeah, first one out of the Sears catalog for Christmas.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, what else?
1: Well, I mean, so you got your first guitar at what age?
0: Uh, I was probably 11 or 12, I think. It was a, uh, you know, I begged my uh, parents, you know, and they've my parents have always been so cool and supportive of everything you know I've got two sisters and anything any of us have ever done you know they've always been really cool and helpful mm-hmm. and uh you know it took a lot of talking and you know it was probably like a hundred and fifty dollar les Paul copy right but man right. I just I was just in heaven with it you know and I started um taking lessons from a guy across the street and you know here and there and then I went to a uh A guitar school that's still actually open here called Howard Vance in Memphis. Um, They actually teach a lot of classical and stuff, but, you know, back then I spent my half hour lesson, you know, I took a Kiss record with me and, you know, I'd spend my half hour having the guy show me how to play, (laughs) you know, shock me, you know, and, and that's all I wanted to know, man. I just wanted to rock. I didn't want to, you know. All the theory her, no. to go with it, I was like, yeah. no thanks, man. Just, you know, show so, me where to put my fingers, you know?
1: So was Kiss your jam back then?
0: Oh, man. That's that's what got me going, probably.
1: Yeah, Kiss?
0: Yeah, that, that's at the early stage.
1: Because so many people I talked to, Kiss is what got them into it.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it was just such a... a I don't know. It was it was a whole different time then, as you know. Yeah. I mean it was uh you know, back then I mean rock guys and bands were like, you know, these mythical gods, you know what I mean? Right, right. So uh you know, I was just so drawn to that and you know, just fell into it from there and just off into all the the great bands of the seventies and you know, late sixties and you know, I was just kinda off to the races. Uh, so did But, you... you know, back then, it, it was just a whole different time period. You know, pre-YouTube. Oh, yeah. You know, learning how to play guitar was a whole different animal back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had a... You know, you had to pick up the needle on a record and set it back to the beginning and listen to Joe Perry, you know.
1: Wasn't that a pain in the ass when you were trying to learn a part? Oh, my
0: gosh. <laughs> and, yeah. And, you know, I, I was terrible probably at figuring stuff out and i would just learn it wrong and just say man that's just the way i'm doing it
1: so <laughs> you couldn't just jump online and someone show you how to do it
0: what's that you cut out on me a little bit oh,
1: you couldn't just jump online and someone show you how to do it
0: but you oh can yeah today. man i know it's so wild now but you know what a great thing man i mean it's killer and i've, I've come across so many great players and i've learned so much stuff myself you know
1: yeah so when you were taking lessons did you continue lessons or did you start learning on your own
0: you know i kind of just did here and there and just i guess long enough to where my ear got trained a little bit you know Mm -hmm. in my early teens i guess Mm -hmm. and then i just kind of went on my own and you know but it's it's been a long journey man i know um you play instruments
1: yeah i do i play bass little little bit of guitar but bass is my main instrument
0: right well you know as with any instrument i mean it's just a journey man i think every you know i've just had a relationship with it for you know most of my life you know 40 plus years now i guess yeah Um, but you know in some sometimes better than others you know i probably went through a span where i rarely picked a guitar up for several years you know
1: yeah that's a long time
0: Yeah. So, you know, I've kind of, you know, you kind of peak and valley and it's just, you know, I'm still just kind of, but, you know, and I think that's what this, this past year, this pandemic has brought me was a new appreciation for the instrument, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know, I'm, I'm advancing and it's, I'm just kind of picking up where I left off a while ago. Sure. So were you, so it's exciting, you know, it's, it's cool. It's fun.
1: Yeah. Were you, what kind of player, what kind of players were you into? Were you into the shredders? Were you into the bluesy guys? Man,
0: Well, I mean, of course I tell you who I love and who is a killer guitar player that you uh-huh. don't, you know, I don't hear a lot mentioned is, um, Mick Jones okay. from foreigner, uh-huh. man. I love the way he plays, you know, and, of course, ACDC and Angus Young and Van Halen. God, I was, uh, you know, a complete Eddie Van Halen nut. Sure. As we all were. Yeah. I think everybody was Are, into Eddie. You know? Um, but, you know, and even uh, I got into Jimi Hendrix stuff a lot. You know, I didn't get delve off far into the blues. I was probably f- more in like older metal, like Deep Purple and. You know, hmm. stuff like that.
1: That's interesting growing up in Memphis. That's where you grew up, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I did.
1: Yeah. Okay. Because they had yeah, more... Yeah, and a... I've,
0: I've just always loved, you know, when I was old enough, I guess, early teens to be downtown or, you know, hear some live blues on, on the street, you know, mm-hmm. when I did get exposed to it, you know. Um, I, I loved it when I... But you know, I didn't ride around listening to blues in my car. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right. Not a lot. You yeah, know, yeah, but yeah. um, but I don't know. It's just something that just kind of sticks with you. You know, I think with everybody around here that that grows up around here, it's just kind of gets built into your system, and you know, you yeah. don't really have a it just it finds its way into whatever you're doing. You know, I think
1: so. So you were about thirteen, twelve, thirteen or so, and then um when did you find your first band
0: or your band situation? Oh man, well, um when I was in high school, I don't know, you know, we always knocked around in somebody's living room, whatever. Um uh, you know, I jammed with a bunch of different guys, but uh and that's where I met John Patterson, our drummer in probably about tenth grade, I think. hmm Um you know, and we just hung out, and we liked all the same music, you know, and we uh, we would just hook up and jam together and play cover tunes or whatever, you know, just for the fun of it. Sure. Um, you know, and we just kind of became friends, and I guess, uh, you know, the first serious band that I got in was, uh, sorry about that. Did you hear that chime? I did not. Oh, sorry about that. No worries. Uh, But the first band I was in was, man, we did original kind of dark metal songs.
1: Really? And
0: the band was called Lycanthrope. Okay. Wow, okay. Uh, And John Patterson, he was our drummer. And uh, we just had these wild songs, man. We had this bass player with a giant ampeg. We all lived together in this duplex i mean god bless the people that lived on the other side (laughs) i mean i think about them all the time because we probably blew their mind
1: yeah yeah
0: but uh so you know that was the first gig i ever played you know a real live gig was with that band at a little you know bar in midtown memphis and you you know probably 86 or 85 i guess
1: and did you at that time? Did you want to be a musician professionally? Man,
0: yeah. I mean, that's what I I dreamed of. Uh-huh. You know, that's that's all I really ever thought about. You know, okay. that's all I really cared about. You know, was bands and new records and guitar stuff. You know, right, right.
1: So when did so, the when did the um, lineup of Tor Torah form? How far after
0: that? Well, um, so previous to my high school in a different neighborhood, I've actually known Patrick Francis, our bass player, since about sixth grade. We just oh, wow. grew up in the same neighborhood together, and we've known each other forever. And soon after the metal band broke up and everybody left the duplex without paying rent <laughs> and left Keith hanging with the <laughs> landlord... Uh. You know how that goes, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, did, did it was you, disgusting. But you, we had a great time. Did you? I pay mean, him? it was kind of like Animal House. Did Did you Ta- pay the landlord? Oh man, <laughs> uh, yeah. They're still looking for me. I think <laughs> they're gonna find you. Yeah, no, uh-uh, not yet. <laughs> but um, you know, so soon after that band broke up, I was just kind of hanging out with Patrick again, you know, and we were. You know, I think I introduced him to John. I don't know. And the three of us started jamming together. And Patrick actually originally was a guitar player. Okay. And, uh, you know, and when we were first getting together, I mean, he would play bass on a, you know, a guitar. You know, we would just, just for what? Because he didn't have a bass. You know what I mean?
1: Sure. He's a guitar and
0: player. Uh, but so we finally got around to it at some point, and it was just like, you know, we were just blown away. You know what I mean? We were just little kids, you know, and just a, the just how much fuller, you know what I mean, with a real bass, and mm-hmm. we were just uh, so we just started jamming together, and um, you know, we were doing like Van Halen covers and all kinds of crazy stuff. We did one side of twenty one twelve. One side? Yeah, one whole side of (laughs) 2112, man. And it was was great. Just instrumental, you know. And uh, I don't know. At some point, Patrick, um, he met Anthony through somebody. Anthony's a couple years younger than the rest of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And he just, you know, I don't know, met him at a party or something. Maybe you heard him singing or something. And we asked him to come over. And... think he sat down and sang like desperado or something with an acoustic guitar and we were just like cool man he can sing you know you're in so you knew right away when you heard let's do this
1: you you knew he was the guy as soon as you heard him
0: oh yeah yeah Uh you know and uh yeah he was great and we were just kind of from two different tribes and age groups so we just kind of had a ton of Friends, you know, a couple of different schools worth, and, you know, by the time we, we got it together, you know, we were, I don't know, we were doing bad covers, we played a bar, <laughs> like, once or twice, and we were terrible at it, you know, we yeah. had, like, seven songs, and we'd get to some gig, and they're expecting us to play for four hours, so yeah. we played, like, the same seven songs over and over, you know, <laughs> <laughs> probably got worse every time we played them. I don't know. Oh jeez. Yeah. But uh so, you know, not too long after that, we just started um just kind of trying our hand at writing our own tunes, you know? Uh-huh. And uh and Anthony's, you know, he led the way on that, you know. I was I'm the riff guy, you know, and he's he was always the uh the songwriter end right. of it, you right. know.
1: Okay. Do you, but, um, do you remember the first song you guys wrote together?
0: Oh, man. That's a great question. Actually, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, we've written a lot of tunes yeah. way back. Um, sure. You know, I, I don't know. That is a great <laughs> question. We did one. It, it was something probably on our EP, our very first thing. It might have been like Wasted Love or... Time on the Edge or something like that. Uh-huh. I'm not sure. Phantom Rider was was one of those really early songs. He oh, was it? Anthony Anthony wrote that with uh, a friend of ours named Thomas Howard, who uh-huh. was a neighbor. And uh you know, that was an early one. It wasn't the first one. But well, it, it turned out to be a great there. one.
1: What um so you guys got together and then I remember Anthony, you know, I had Anthony on the show back a few months ago and uh, he was explaining how uh, you guys had your your dad's warehouse I believe it was
0: yeah yeah um so my dad's he's always been in the adhesives business okay that's another long story and that's you know where I spent my teenage years working and so we always
1: must have been a sticky job
0: oh yeah yeah I've (laughs) heard them all believe me (laughs) That's a good one, though, Joe. Nice try. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> uh, but, um, anyway. so yeah, he had this warehouse. We, we started jamming in the glue factory for a while. You know, um, that didn't go over great. So, uh, I don't know. At some point, we came across this warehouse, and I... I You know, was trying to talk my eyes like, man, you know, check this out. Y'all need extra storage for your business. And, you know, maybe my band can practice in there and (laughs) whatever. And, you know, by the first week, you know, we had built a stage in one end and, you know, we were gearing up and writing songs and having parties. Oh, yeah, man. We were having some great (laughs) times, man. We had some big, big blowouts there. Yeah, those were good times. I remember, you know,
1: back in the day, I had warehouses, of course, like most bands did. And we would throw the biggest parties there. Oh, man. Please come shut it down. It was such a great time. It was. I don't know. I wonder if kids do that these days. I don't
0: really know. You know, I mean, the reason we did it is because there was just nothing else to do. Right. You know, I mean, what else are you going to do back then? You know.
1: Yeah, I remember uh, when, when you're
0: not even old enough to get in a, a club, you know, and I don't know, it just kind of caught on. And we ended up with, you know, a pretty packed house, you know, every time. So it was it was a lot of fun.
1: And did that have something to do with you guys getting your deal? Didn't uh, A&R guys come out there to see you guys?
0: Well, we had one, uh, Brian Huttenhauer with A&M, who we ended up signing with. And, you know, that's what he had... He had told us he, he came in one, you know, one of the times we were throwing this party at the warehouse and he said he got in his rent-a-car and heard us on local radio, you know, because we got hooked up with a DJ in town that had a local music show and he was super supportive and, you know, pushing our music and so it was just like the stars lined up and the A&R guy got in, like rent a car and heard us on the radio and drove to our warehouse. And it was, you know, like four or 500 wild kids hanging out. And, yeah. You know, having the time of their lives. So. Yeah.
1: And did, yeah. he, did he sign you guys right, right there? Like, was did he want uh, you right after you, saw know, you?
0: Probably in that same trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably so. And we, you know, at the time we were just, we were having such a good time and um you know labels were coming to town and taking us to dinner and you know for drinks and we were just having a great time you know.
1: So was there multiple labels looking at you guys?
0: Yeah, it mm-hmm. seems like um I know we had three or four coming to town to visit us, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um and we had some other offers and um I don't know, man, A&M just it just seemed it just felt right for some reason.
1: Mm-hmm. And looking you know, back, do you think you made the right choice?
0: I do think so you because okay. you know they had some really unique. You know, um, the same A and R guy, Brian, he signed around that same time. It was us and Extreme and Soundgarden were mm-hmm. his main bands. So. You know, in the in the company, they just didn't sign a bazillion bands. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that was kind of an advantage, and they really, uh, they were really pretty great to a bunch of kids from Tennessee. You know? Yeah. I mean,
1: you weren't, you guys weren't from the L.A. area or anything like that. No,
0: no. But you know, they really, you know, I think they really tried pretty hard to help us succeed. You know, as as well, or, or you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Much better than any of the other choices we could have made. I think.
1: Did you record the album in Tennessee, or did you go out to California?
0: Um, we did it here in Memphis at Ardent okay. Studios. Okay. And we were, and they actually played a big part in getting the record companies in town to see us. Um, we were in their studio as a result of winning like a Battle of the Bands kind of thing, right? And one of the prizes was, you know, a day of recording at Ardent, you know, and at the time, man, everybody came through that studio. I mean, you, it would blow your mind, the records that have been recorded in this place, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Led Zeppelin three was mixed in there. Okay. Okay. at Ardent. So, uh, it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's got a real history and, um, and they helped us out and, and were, you know, instrumental in, you know, having people go up to labels and seeing if they could get them in town to see us.
1: So, yeah. so you go in there and record the album and the yeah. la- label was behind it. And when yeah. that album came out, did you get right on a tour or, or did you do your own little club tour? How What happened there?
0: You know, we went, we packed up in a uh, 15 passenger van. And headed for New York, and uh, our management company was there in Brooklyn, um, Loud and Proud Management, and they also owned L'Amour's in Brooklyn, the the club, Mm -hmm. Um, which was a killer rock venue. I mean, at the time, everybody played at L'Amour's. I don't know if you're familiar.
1: I remember it. I've never been there, but I do remember it.
0: Yeah, it was so great. And they, at the time, they were managing White Lion and Overkill, I think. Um, you know, and they were kind of a, a tight-knit deal. And they, you know, we just kind of fit in with them. And they they brought us up to New York. to, And, man, we just got in that van. And we would go out and drive to Boston and play a gig and drive back to Brooklyn. You know what I mean? And then yeah. we'd go out. You know, a day or two later out in Pennsylvania somewhere, you know, we just, we did a lot of miles up there in that territory. But you had to be having a blast. We were having a blast, but you know, it was tough, man, because, uh, you know, I mean, we were just in absolutely empty places, you know, and our audience would be our managers (laughs) and they'd be standing there saying, you know, what's the name of your record? You know, trying to, trying to get us going, you know?
1: Were you guys pretty green?
0: Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. You know, I mean we had never played anywhere outside of our you know, little area here in town, you know. So it was it was pretty, you know, eye opening, you know. Well, but maybe but that what was... an exciting, cool experience and you know, by the time we got in, you know, playing gigs in LaMores that were, you know, sold out, you know, we would be opening for whoever uh are we you know we headlined a couple of times and had killer it it was just a great felt like the middle of rock and roll universe in new york you know
1: so how soon after that whole that whole time did uh, your first single come
0: out um you know it probably came out right after we started doing those gigs and you know we man we stayed out and we just traveled a long time while that was out and I, probably right as the video came out
1: what was the first it, single off that
0: it was walking shoes
1: was it okay okay
0: yeah and it seems you know that video was like a a top 5 in MTV i mean yeah. for a little while and uh you know, it, it was weird at the time, because we had just been out in a van, you know, and people all of a sudden started showing up, you yeah. know, at the, at the shows, you know, and I don't know, you know, MTV then had such a powerful reach, you know, Oh yeah, it was, it was just a, a, a whole impact. different game, you know.
1: Were you guys aware that your video was getting played? Like, did the label tell you that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay.
0: you know, yeah, they were had a whole, of course, you like could call in to request it, and they you know, yeah. we're trying to push, you know, get people to call in and all this stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah. We were aware of it, but you know, it was just kind of strange, you know, for people to all of a sudden show up and know, you know, at least one of your songs, you know, yeah. it was just kind of weird, but.
1: And then what was your uh, first major tour that you got on?
0: Uh, You know, probably really early on we did, a lot of gigs up in the northeast with kicks kicks okay and that was a great time man i loved watching those guys play every night
1: uh, that's, that's one band i haven't seen that i i would i want to see
0: kicks yeah well yeah. man they still do
1: it oh yeah i, I mean i just it's had, wild uh, i just talked to uh brian a couple episodes back
0: oh is Once that I, right yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. uh, yeah
0: that's cool you know and we I don't know the first time I saw them again I guess it was back in 2008 or something since way back then and yeah I was like wow man they didn't miss a beat you know how long were you out with them um I don't remember exactly Mm -hmm. um you know things are fuzzy back then sure it was it was a long time ago yes it was
1: um
0: but I don't know we did a, a lot of Clubs, um, mainly headlining, and late in that album, we got on the, uh, well, I guess it was L.A. Guns and Dangerous Toys. We spent more time on that okay. than anything, I think, okay. Um, and we, yeah, we went across the country a couple of times mm-hmm. with those guys, and that was a blast, you know, because all three of us kind of like had a new record, and all of them were doing fairly well and we had some great turnouts and really great gigs that's awesome
1: now do you keep in touch with any of the guys from back then in different bands
0: yeah not really no you know i'll see somebody here and there but nah not not a whole lot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, so so you toured on surprise attack for a while that album did really well what i think it got up to like number 47 or something on billboard and then uh you went in to do wild america as the scene was changing yes so i mean what kind of challenges did that bring to you guys
0: well you know it you know we we were having so much time so much fun when we were touring for the first record that we like i don't know i guess we forgot to write any (laughs) songs Maybe, you know, we were too busy partying and, uh, I don't know. We just took a long time. So that kind of put us behind a little bit with wild America and, you know, we went back and redid it. We, you know, brought in a new, um, producer, you know, early on and kind of started some other things over and it, gosh, I'm so proud of that record that I love it. Um, yeah. That's it's a great album. My very favorite sounding Tora Tora record for sure. Definitely, it's definitely got a good
1: sound to it. But when so you had a re, you re recorded some stuff on there? You said
0: no, 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 no. Um, well, it, early on we started working with John Hampton, um, and you know I don't I don't know maybe the label didn't like the way it was sounding. I don't really know, okay. and they brought in uh arthur payson so we just kind of had to back up a little bit we kind of rearranged a couple of songs not really re-recorded but yeah you know just kind of started started the process over but man the the way it turned out was you know we were so thrilled
1: sure but it was a lot of work
0: um does that get
1: frustrating when the label does something like that or do you just go with it and
0: It was, it was frustrating at the time because we were already felt like we were so delayed and, you know, I mean, things were changing fast in the music industry too, you know? And, uh, so, you know, after wild America and we toured a pretty lengthy, probably a year or close to it, you know, just headlining clubs mainly. Uh Um, we did some opening slots for, you know, we were open for Joe Satriani for a while. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we we were on the Colt that was on the Surprise Attack tour. So I don't know. It just we did a lot of uh, traveling back yeah. then, you know, but so by the time we got to Revolution Day is is kind of when, you know, the Nirvana landed and. When, you know, when did that, that come so. out? What's that?
1: When did that come out, Revolution Day? That was a while after a Wild American. Right? Well,
0: we recorded that in 94. And, you know, AM let us record it and they just never released it. Yeah,
1: I hear that from a lot of people. That happened yeah. to a lot of people.
0: Yep. You know, and at that point, you know, everything just kind of took a, a, you know,. 90 degree turn you know
1: so they give did they give you the rights to the record though did you get to keep it
0: on revolution day yeah yeah
1: okay and then so when did you release that like 2010 or something
0: uh yeah something like that fna records in nashville uh-huh. we just uh you know we got a decent enough copy of it you know from way back mm-hmm. um so, yeah, yeah. So, well, it was cool that it finally came out, but it's not exactly as it should have been. Sure.
1: So, in between Wild America and when that came out, were you guys still a band, or were you not, like, were you working? What, what was going on in that time?
0: Yeah, I mean, we were touring, um, well, our, you're talking about after 94.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, you know, after the record label was done, you know, we were just, talking about trying to look for a new label it just you know nobody wanted to to mess with any bands from four years ago you know right so um for obvious reasons and you know we just kind of anthony and patrick they kind of got their own deal going and uh band called homemade flavor
1: homemade flavor okay
0: yeah and they played gosh they played around for years i you know i went my way i ended up i was the first one to have a child okay also back in 94 Uh uh-huh and so you know you know do you have kids i do
1: i have yeah i have three living at home
0: i know well you know when the first one comes along man that Huge wave of responsibility. Yeah. To you, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, definitely. And the music biz wasn't looking kind. And I just kind of said, guys, look, y'all, I'm going to have to, you know, get busy. And, you know. Yeah. So you stepped aside. I did. I stepped aside. Um, you know, and like I said, they kept playing for a few years. You know, I think Patrick was in a couple of different bands. You know, we kind of not lost track of each other but you know we didn't see or talk to each other all the time either you know really okay so um but yeah i went my way man i worked uh with my dad's company you know i was grateful to have a place there and know from you know back in the because, adhesive uh, back business in my, yeah okay
1: yeah. okay so were you, you know were you playing much guitar back then or no
0: I, you know just here and there I mean nothing with a band or out you know mm-hmm. I just did some recording at home and just played but you know and that's that's a long period where I just would kind of come in and out of guitar playing and mm-hmm. you know I, you know you know how it goes
1: yeah yeah so but what got you then so years have gone by and then right. whose idea was it for you guys to get together again?
0: You know, way back, probably in about 2007 or so, um, I had run into Patrick at a wedding and we were, at the time, was one of the first, you know, I think I had seen the first Rocklahoma or one of those shows. Uh And I saw the lineup and it just blew my mind, you know, I didn't even know there was still a scene for prob- bands from the eighties, nineties, you, you know what I mean? I
1: didn't even know those bands still were around.
0: I did you know, <laughs> I didn't. It was yeah. blowing my mind and I we were talking about that and I told Patrick, you know, I said, Man, if you get us on one of those kind of deals, you know, I'll do it.
1: Uh, did he know people? I mean
0: I you know, I guess he did because, okay. you know, he in two thousand eight he was like, All right, man, I got us on this deal, so, you know, <laughs> I had to keep up my end of the deal and we kind of got back together for the, and that was our first, you know, we played a warm up show here in Memphis and that was our first gig in like 14 years.
1: Wow. So was it the first time you played those songs again? Like in that long, that length nope, of time? you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You okay. just cut out on me.
1: So was that the first time you, so did you have to go back and learn those songs?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. I mean, I, you know, it ended up you know it wasn't like riding a bike especially those solos man i don't know what i was thinking back
1: then yeah i was just gonna ask yeah. because i've i've gone back and listened to stuff i've recorded a long time ago and then i'm like what in the world was i doing there you know i know I'm, and it's like weird that you're like trying to figure your own self out but
0: <laughs> i know it's crazy and i just man you know sometimes i'll you know we'll try to play in a older Torah song and I'll go back and listen to the solo. And I'm just like, man, God, I was a <laughs> little over ambitious, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. So how so, did that show go? What's that? How did that show go?
0: Oh man, it was, it was so great. It was at a little bar called movies, uh, probably held about 300 people and man, it was jam packed and I mean, it was all of our friends. It was the people, all the people that you know were there from the beginning when we were playing in people's living rooms yeah. and in our warehouse, you know. Um, but it was just a blowout, and you know we probably played two and a half hours, and it was a great time. But it was a great warm-up gig for the Rocklahoma.
1: right? And then how that 2008? feel to get ba- how that feel to get back on that big stage?
0: Uh, it was a little weird was it oh yeah for me it was
1: did you you have any nerves back or you oh my
0: gosh yes (laughs) terribly yeah yeah but i don't know it ended up uh working out and then you know after that we were just kind of doing gigs here in memphis you know once a year or something like that or every you know here and there we started working with a uh a promoter here in town, Jim Green, who recently passed away and we miss him because mm-hmm. uh, he he was really great to work with here in town. Uh, you know, he was definitely on our team. Yeah. Um, so we miss him. But, uh, you know, he always hooked us up. You know, he, he booked shows in the uh, amphitheater here just outside of Memphis. Um you know, and like Whitesnake would be coming through and he would, you know, call us up and say, hey, do you guys want this opening slot? You know, so. Nice. Yeah, yeah. He he helped, helped us out a lot in that way. Um, so, uh, you know, so we would just do gigs like that that would come up here and there, or you know, every once in a while, stuff out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in, I guess in the last few years, with some of the festivals and cruises and stuff like that
1: have you guys been doing a lot of those
0: uh not a ton you know mm-hmm. but you know it's it's a blast we did uh we've done the monsters of rock cruise twice mm-hmm. and that's gotta be it was fun. just uh, man it's such a great time
1: is that like a i mean what is that like is that just a free-for-all on the boat i mean how, how does it's, that
0: work is, is it... It's pretty great uh, because, you know, they have different venues, you know, there'll be like the big theater, um, you know, maybe like a 2000 2500 seat or something like that. I don't really know exactly. But uh-huh. so the big room and then there's some smaller venues in different parts of the boat, you know, even down to like club size, really intimate, uh-huh. you know, and you just each band plays two shows at some point during the, you know, five day cruise or six day cruise, whatever it is. Uh Um, so it's just a really cool schedule and there's a concert somewhere on the boat going on all the time.
1: So there's constantly a band playing
0: pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a blast, man. And it's a lot of the same people go, you know, over and over, so people get to know each other. It's just like a big family on a boat. Yeah, you
1: know? huh? I
0: have to check. One yeah, of those it's a great sometime. time, and it's it's a ball. You know, we have a blast. I mean, it's I, I see so many bands. It's it's killer because there's you know you're stuck on a boat. You know, right? So I I, I got... can go to as many shows as I want, and my wife can't say anything about it.
1: <laughs> so then, um so you recorded bastards of bill a couple years ago yes um why'd you decide to do an album at that time
0: uh man uh gosh i can't remember what year probably back in about 2017 or so on um, the band's twitter account just you know i got nick teeter with frontiers just reached out and messaged me on that
1: through Twitter. And just
0: kind of introduced himself to the Torah, Torah, you know, Twitter page. And uh-huh. uh, and we just started talking, and he's like, you know, would y'all be interested in, you know, doing something new? And we just were like, yeah, you know, why not?
1: Yeah. And did you, you know
0: have... it just kind of gave us a reason? I mean, we would always, we'd always talked about, you know, man, we should get some work on some new stuff sometime, but that just kind of gave us a reason and a deadline,
1: you know? Yeah. And then you put that out in I think it was two thousand nineteen. Yeah. So so right before the pandemic hit. How did yeah. the, how well, they came out
0: early twenty nineteen? And okay. man, that was that was really we were super busy that year. We um I mean we were traveling one or two weekends out of a month doing shows, two or three in a row on weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did a lot of shows in 2019 and, uh, you know, all the way from Maine to LA. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, that was a great, yeah, it was a great time. And it, it was so cool just to get back out there and see people and people coming out that haven't seen us in forever. And, you know, it's, it's really cool, man. It's, it's good to see folks again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that was a great record.
0: I love that record. Oh, well, thank I told you.
1: Anthony the same thing. I, it's, uh, I think it's some of your best stuff.
0: Oh, well, thanks, man. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate that. It was, you know, we weren't really sure what was going to happen, but, you know, it just felt kind of natural once we started playing and, you know, Anthony and I started writing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just kind of what we had and that's what came out. So, you know, it's we recorded it super cheap and super fast, mm-hmm. but you know, it's exactly, I don't know. It's a perfect snapshot of exactly where we were sure. right then. I think
1: now, if you could so, um, record any type of album, what would you record? Like, would it be like a metal record or continuing like a tour tour style? What, what would you do?
0: Oh man. You know, if I was just doing my own thing, yeah, I don't really know. You know, I, I, you know, that's why kind of why I started working with Sophie, who I mentioned earlier, because, you know, when I sit down and come up with a lot of stuff that just doesn't go in that direction of that you know, something like a Torah Torah could do. Mm-hmm. You know, it gave me an outlet to send stuff that way, and it's sure. it might be more. I don't know. I, maybe more poppy, maybe more arty, a little more, I don't know. Okay. Trippy. I don't know. Really?
1: I, that's not the answer I expected.
0: <laughs> wow. What did you expect? Well, Metal? I
1: thought it more of a rocky yeah, act because, I mean, you're you're than your background... Well,
0: here's the thing, though. Uh-huh. Now, the, this music that I'm working on with her, it's, it's those kind of different songs, but they have there's super loud guitars on there, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Is there anything yeah. out there yet
0: or no? Is there any what?
1: Is there any songs or is there anything out there that people can hear?
0: Not from? yet, no? but okay. there will be pretty soon.
1: All right. Well, definitely let me know. I'd like to check it out.
0: Yeah, I definitely will. I, I think it's going to be really cool and different, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting for her, you know. I'm sure. To, to get to sing on some stuff, too. So
1: Yeah. So here we are in twenty twenty one and things are getting geared up again and you guys have some shows booked, if I'm not mistaken, right?
0: We do. We have a handful right now. Um I think the first of is that Rock Timber Festival. It's uh somewhere outside of Minneapolis. Yeah. And that's one, you know, there were a couple we were scheduled to do that, of course, everything was canceled last year. So mm-hmm. You know, those things are kind of rescheduling here and there. And, you know, it's been.
1: How how do you feel about these big festivals moving on? Like some of them are canceling, like the Motley Crue, Def Leppard tour postponed again. Right. Um, But some of them are going on. I mean, what's your feelings on it?
0: You know, I I don't really know. Yeah. You know, I guess we're all just kind of like in a wait and see mode at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, you know.
1: Yeah, it's tough to answer.
0: You know, I don't know, and it's and it's you know it gets so weird, man. It starts getting into the political stuff who's once you know. I mean, yeah. I, I personally would wish that everyone would get vaccinated. Sure, that possibly could, you know. But
1: so I'm assuming you, know, you got I vaccinated, I
0: just, right? I, I hope there's enough people that will that it'll have an effect and it seems to so far i hope but i don't know it's just such new territory that it's you know i don't it's just weird you know yeah it's been such a bizarre year and a half for (laughs) all of us i'm sure Well, we never really
1: faced something like this i guess yeah trippy but uh did you get your vaccine or no yeah i did yeah how'd you do with it because i got it too i I... I was
0: okay i mean You know, I, I had the Pfizer one, I think after the second one, you know, I had a couple of days where I just, I didn't feel terrible, but just kind of like dragging, like kind of hung over. Yeah.
1: Yeah. See, I, I got, I got really sick off mine, both the first and second one, but I also had COVID back in February. Oh, wow. So they did tell me that seeing that I already had COVID, that the shots were going to be worse than if I didn't have it. So oh, was, is that right? Yeah, so I was already expecting to be sick, and I was. Not oh, not, not long, well, but for about a day I, or two.
0: Well, did you get very sick with it?
1: With the shots of COVID. The COVID? Oh, I did. I missed like a month of work.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, it was bad for me. It didn't get to my lungs, luckily. I didn't have any breathing problems. Although, yeah. you know, I was monitoring my oxygen, and my oxygen was dropped by like 10%. It was down oh, into, wow. like, the
0: high 80s. Man, but, wow. Yeah.
1: But I made it through it. It was it was pretty painful, I'll say, though.
0: Oh, man. Well, that's rough, man. Luckily, I mean, you know, grateful, man. Me or my immediate family, we've all been okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. My whole family got it. Kids got it. Everybody got it.
0: Oh, man. Well, I hope everybody was okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. We end- we're good now. Um, good to go.
0: <laughs> yeah. But...
1: Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how these shows go. I, I'm curious. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know i I would love the thought of it. You know, and the outside ones, I don't know. That just for you know, I don't know. It seems like that should be okay.
1: You would think so. It's just I just I just see crowds all gathered together like sardines. That's what I see when I picture these festivals. But they could do it differently. You know what I
0: mean? I don't know. Yeah, I you know, I I don't know. It just depends on what kind of show it is, I guess. Yeah. You know? But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I hope things go well.
1: Have you guys been rehearsing for the shows yet?
0: Not yet. Okay. You got your set list? (laughs) But, you know, we will soon. I'm actually uh, meeting up with all those guys this weekend. Okay. So we're going to get together and try and get some new stuff working
1: cool cool are you gonna plan on doing a new album or are you just gonna see how things go
0: man you know we're we're going in the studio and we're just gonna see what we can get together Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i don't know i mean we haven't gone to look for a record deal or you know i just i don't really know that there's a point in it you know
1: yeah i mean really what's the point in making a full album anymore
0: yeah i mean so i think we're just gonna you know we've got some studio time booked i think we're gonna record what we can record Mm -hmm. and you know what works and you know maybe we'll just release a single at a time you know i think that may be the direction we're thinking yeah good good you know um, because uh, even uh I don't know you know things come and go so fast that nobody even pays attention to to yeah it's tough you know all the songs on the album you know right
1: right you know and a lot of people i mean they argue about you know should you do a whole album or should you just do one song at a time and put it out it's like right you know things are just different now than than they were i
0: know i know and you know it's too bad you know i really uh I miss the older days of, you know, just like we were talking about earlier where I, you know, got into it with vinyl and, you know, when you just had a record and you might see a band in a magazine once here and there, even pre MTV. I mean, yeah, you know, it was just a whole different deal and having the record and knowing everything about it was part of it, you know?
1: Yeah. I just was at a record store this past weekend and picked up, uh, found a good copy of shout at the devil and he was oh, cool. the news. <laughs> so I picked oh, those wow. up and, you know, buying the records and then looking at them again, it was like, just like I used to, you know, I loved looking at
0: them. Oh, I know. I know. It's like old friends, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But so looking back on your career and stuff, I mean, do you, are you happy with the way everything went or is there anything you think maybe you should have done different?
0: Man, you know, I think, I think firstly, we were super duper lucky to, you know, do as much as we did, mm-hmm. you know, with that first record and first videos and all that kind of stuff. Um, Cause you know, man, there were, there are so many great bands, you know, that were trying to get signed at the time. And it was, it was a hard deal, you know, and there was a big music scene here in Memphis, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and everybody was super supportive of each other, you know, but, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know.
1: So you, I mean, you were pretty happy with the way things went,
0: you know, I, I, there's things could have been better with, you know, I think there were some distribution problems in the course of our first record and mm. i don't know it's yeah. it's a long story but you know it's it's good you know i think we would got just enough of a taste of the fun of it well, you know
1: yeah. yeah i mean you guys made a name for yourselves you, you know you yeah you lived and we here. had a
0: ball and a great time and yeah, you, you know experience and i see a lot of you know i don't know man i i think i don't know that i would want to be very famous to be honest with you right <laughs> you know i mean would you
1: i i don't know i don't know you know you know probably not but i don't but i don't know unless i was there i couldn't really answer that And you know
0: these days everybody's famous so you know right i mean at the same time you know everybody's got access to the same platform you know what i mean i mean i'm
1: pretty famous right now keith
0: well well you know (laughs) i mean i know
1: and you're pretty famous now for being on my show
0: Oh, okay. That's, that's pretty cool, man. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Oh man. All but right. You know where I'm coming from. Yeah. I just you know, gosh. I I've got a sixteen year old and all I hear is about famous TikTok kids. So I'm just like, well, Okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't even have a TikTok. You know. Do
1: you have a TikTok? No. No, me neither. I don't even know what no, it is. No, good really
0: God. On. I barely keep up with what I've got going on. Right. Man, I'm I'm running like wild around here, man. <laughs>
1: What um? So what do your kids think of looking back on your tour tour days? The early Um,
0: days. You know, my son is. He's um. Gosh, he's like twenty seven now, and you know he's in music. He does uh, production. He's he records and produces bands. He's up in Chicago. Okay. Um. And he's he's super successful at, at what he's doing there. So that's awesome. You know, he's always been. Way more of a musician than me. Really? You know? Yeah. He's a great piano player. And then he played bass in a band for a while. And he's, he was pretty active in the scene up there. He was, uh, and he was in guitar. He plays guitar. So.
1: Okay. Does he um, ever, uh, call in some favors from dad?
0: Guitar favors? Guitar favors? Yeah. I, you know, I've recorded on a thing, a time or two for him. Uh huh yeah okay yeah it's fun because you be know fun. these kids these days don't know how to get a good cranking guitar sound you know
1: you gotta show them how to do it oh uh, yeah absolutely <laughs> well listen you know i appreciate you taking the time uh sorry it took so long for us to finally hook it up but uh
0: yeah man sorry about that sorry i had to bail out on you the other night man.
1: oh you know what that i, I take total blame for that because i i you know well you know what what happened I, that extended we had to take them to ice cream oh yeah yeah
0: Yeah, man that's that's more important anyway yeah 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 all
1: right keith well i appreciate it bud
0: all right man thank you so much all right that's all for this week join us next week for another episode of the rock and roll coffee show podcast available on all your favorite podcast listening platforms